Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. God, as we sing of your goodness, as we reflect on how good you have been to us, what you have done for us, what you do through us, we, we pause in awe and wonder at who you are. And Father, as the words of that song remind us that you are running after us, and that's our theme today, that we are welcome to come home to you. That even though we may have drifted away, we may have walked away, we may have willfully just turned our back on you and run away, you are still there with your arms open wide, ready to run to us, to welcome us home to you. And Father, we, we look to that today. So would you speak to us now as we turn to the pages of Scripture? Would you let your words, these words of Jesus, speak to our lives, our 2021 lives, our hearts, our minds, our mindsets, our jobs, our families, our careers, everything we are, God, would you speak into that today? We ask you and we invite you to do that. Move us and change us. Teach us how to love better. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Once again, let me say welcome to you. Glad that you are here. Glad you're tuned in online. We do exist here at Faith Christian for one reason, and that is to help people find and follow Jesus. So if there's some way we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus, we would love to join you in that journey. We'd love to walk with you, beside you on that journey as you find and follow Jesus. Uh, we say every week, but the best way to do that, the best way to get that conversation started is to go to the front page of our website, fccnp.org, and right there at the top, there's a big button that says connect. Hit that button, give us some information about you, and we'll be in touch with you on how we can help you take your next step as a follower of Jesus. I want to mention a couple things to you just by way of quick announcement before we dig into our sermon time this morning. Uh, the first is this, that we are tonight at 6 o'clock, we have our first middle school, high school youth group. Our faith student ministry is happening this evening at 6, uh, 6 o'clock. There'll be a cookout, a lot of fun things planned for your middle school and high school students. I hope that they will be here tonight at 6. Also going on this week, starting back for the first time in some time, Tuesday morning at 9.30 is our ladies Bible study. And some of you ladies have missed that for the last couple years when we've not been able to do stuff like this together but this tuesday morning at 9 30 right out in the atrium and ladies we'll hope you oh, would somebody say something oh, okay i'm good all right uh, i thought maybe i had the wrong time 9 30 uh this tuesday morning and ladies will be beginning a new bible study hope that you can be there for that also i've mentioned the last several weeks that we are welcoming some special guests here this morning i'm not going to call them out and embarrass them in front of everybody in the middle of the service right as we're starting but they're sitting right up front so you can figure that out later hope that you'll get a chance to meet no one care they'll be out in the atrium between services as they get ready to go downstairs and lead in our faith kids time uh, during our 10:30 service uh, right now, we're gonna, we're, I just want to say to you as we kick off the, our fall together, these two words that, that resonate, that mean so much to so many of us, and the words are simply, welcome home. Welcome home. Um, for some of you we haven't seen in a long time, it's great to see you back in, in the room with us this morning. Those of you watching online, you're not ready to come back out, we still want to say to you, welcome home. We're kicking off a brand new series today. That's gonna, this theme is going to carry us all the way through Christmas time uh, this year. Welcome home. Welcome home. My prayer today, my prayer for us as a church this fall and the months ahead is that you just feel like you are home. Whether you believe in Jesus yet or not, or maybe you're, you're just curious about church and Jesus and scripture, maybe you're skeptical about the whole thing, we want to say to you, welcome home. This is a safe place for you to bring your questions and your doubts and your concerns. 
This is a safe place you will welcome home. Whether you've been around this church for a long time, or maybe today's your first time here, I want to say to you, welcome home. This is a place for you. Whether you're physically in the building with us right now, or you're watching at home in your sweatpants, we see you, we know how you are, welcome home. Most of us know what it's like to leave home and then come back home to maybe it was the first time you went away to summer camp or when you went away to college or you enlisted in the military or you traveled overseas. And it's always fun to go, but it's always great to come home. And I want you to know that this series that we're doing, this, this theme that we're going to carry through the, through the Christmas season together, what we're doing this fall is so much more significant than just inviting you back to church. Because what I want to do is this, I want to invite you to find your way back to God. Back in 1998, I moved to Florida. I was still single. Megan and I were, were just, had just started dating for a little while. I moved to Florida, and my apartment um, was literally right across the street from the beach. That's not a bad place to live, by the way. That was pretty good. Right across the street from the beach, and I would walk over to the beach all the time. One of my favorite things to do at the beach then and still now, even you know, some 50 pounds and 20-some years later, I still love to go boogie boarding, bodyboarding. I love to do it. And so pretty early in my time of living in Florida, I wasn't really sure how everything worked, but I would walk over to the beach with my boogie board, and I would just jump in, and I would ride the waves and had a great time. One particular day, um, the waves were great, like they actually are right now, because I don't know if you knew this or not, out in the Atlantic, there's Hurricane Larry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's your worst nightmare. It's just, it's just out there doing nothing, which just sounds about right, too, doesn't it? Yeah. So Hurricane, what Hurricane Larry's doing is, is kicking off some wonderful waves on the East Coast of our, uh, our East Coast beaches right now. And so it was a day like that. And I went over to the beach, and I got, and I was like, this is amazing. The waves are great. Get that boogie board, and I jump in, and I start riding the waves, ride them in, swim back out, ride the waves, swim back out, ride the waves. I'm doing this for about an hour. Now, again, I've only lived here for about a month at this point, and I realized after about an hour, I kind of look up at the beach, and I recognize that, or I realize I don't recognize anything. The high-rise condo that's across the street from my apartment that I would walk past to get to the beach, I couldn't see it. Who moved the condo? How did that happen? And I begin to kind of panic, and I look around, and I realize the condo was about a half a mile down the beach. What had happened, I didn't realize, but what had happened was there was this undertow in the surf. I had no idea there was even such a thing. There was this undertow, and this undertow had just slowly, just gradually, just imperceptibly, just very subtly had moved me further and further and further away from home. I think that's often how we drift away from God. Just kind of slowly, imperceptibly, maybe even subtly, we find ourselves somewhere where we never thought we would end up. We, we don't mean to. I mean, we're, we were just going to go away to school. We were just going to college. We just began dating someone new. We were just trying to advance our career. We're just trying to raise our kids. We're just pursuing our athletic passions or our artistic passions. And then all of a sudden, you look up and you say, I'm, I'm not sure how I got here. How, how did I get here? And there's this distance between you and God. The latest survey research says that 92% of Americans, 92% of Americans believe that there is a God. But most of us, even in our churches, most of us feel distant, disconnected from God. We just drift further and further and further down the beach. 
Maybe you were a student who had followed Jesus since you were a child, but when you went off to college, you found yourself just, just drifting, drifting from where you were with God. Maybe you lost a loved one, and you just thought God had forgotten all about you in your pain. Maybe you've done some really bad things that the, you would never want anyone at church to know about, and so you just assume that God is disgusted with you because you're disgusted with you. Maybe you're a child of divorce, and you, you never got over it. Maybe you grew up in church but never quite found a way to connect with some of the ritual and some of the formality, some of the going through the motions that church seems to have never connected to your life in any important way. Maybe you were damaged by a church or a church leader somewhere along the way that hurt you. Maybe you were abused or neglected or hurt by a family member or someone who loved and it just really, really just struck your life in, in some, some way. Maybe you prayed to God for help and you don't think that God came through. You don't feel like God came through for you, so you just drifted and drifted and drifted away. There, there are a million reasons why we can get caught in the undertow that pulls us away from God, away down the beach, away from God. I think in one way or, the, or another, all of us can reflect Isaiah's words in Isaiah 53. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all feel that. At some level, we all feel that. Yet we all possess this inner longing in, our, in, in, our, in, in the kind of the core of our being to reconnect with the God who made us, to find our way back home to God, to be the best version of ourselves. But for that to happen, there has to be some sort of, of, a, of an awakening inside us. There has to be some kind of, of a catalyst moment inside of us to wake us up in a spiritual way. I suspect that some of you say, I, I don't think that can happen for me. I'm too far gone. I'm, I'm too distant. I've done too much. I've seen too much. I know too much. There's no way I could come back. And I suspect some of you are like, you know, Larry, I appreciate that you're talking about this. This is important for some people, but I'm good. Me and God are good. I, I, I've got this. I already found God. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are in this journey uh, that we call following Jesus. An awakening is always needed. I've certainly needed that in my life. Many times, I've had one in the last just couple years through the crisis of, of the society we've been living in. I need an awakening from time to time. I need, I need a jolt. I need something to trigger my spiritual hunger and a, trigger a spiritual awakening. And I believe that inside all of us, God has hardwired us to have a, a longing that there's got to be something more. That's why the title of this message today is Searching for Something More. Because these longings that we have, this, this, this idea that there has to be something more, they are so universal. They show up not only when we talk about our own lives or we examine our own lives, they show up in the stories that we tell. They show up in the, in the art that we create. They even show up in the songs that we sing. Let, let me show you some examples, just, just for fun. Just to prove my point, I think I did this a few years ago, but I'm going to sing a, a line from a couple of, of, of popular songs, some famous songs. You will know these songs. And I, when I stop, I want you, if you know it, just finish the line, the phrase of the song for me. See how that works? I'll start it. You finish it. Let's see how you do, all right? Just, just for fun. For instance, the Rolling Stones. Remember them? Can you sing the Rolling Stones at church? We're about to find out. Here we go. The Rolling Stones sang, You can't always get... See, you guys are so cool. You had no idea, right? You know those songs, right? You can't always get what you want. How about you too? But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah, you see that? How about Johnny Lee's old classic? Some of you old-timers will know this one. Johnny Lee saying, looking for loving. Don't finish that song. 
How about, how about Mick Jagger? Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. Each of these classic, can I call them pieces of art? I'll do that today. Each of these classic pieces of art are proof that we have this universal longing for something more. Something in our spirit that says there's got to be something more. So we start searching and searching for that something more. And this really is the story of all of our lives. That longing that we have, that can be a good alarm, a good catalyst to wake us up to something more, much more important that eventually will lead us back home to God. One of the ways that Jesus often helps us to do this is by telling us stories. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in one of Jesus' most famous, most familiar stories. It is my favorite story that Jesus tells. It's in Luke chapter 15, one of the most familiar stories. The story is about a man who has two sons. And the younger son is at a point in his life where he's saying to himself, there's got to be something more. There's got to be, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I can't get no satisfaction. There's got to be something more. He has this dissatisfaction, this sense of longing rising up inside of him. And he thinks, I've got to do something about this. And so instead of turning towards home, instead of assuming that what he was missing could be found there at home on the ranch with his dad and his family, he chooses to set off to a distant country because in our mind, isn't it always somewhere else? The grass is always greener, right? The always the elusive beyond, that's where it is. That thing that we think we're going to find out there, that thing that we're going to bring us satisfaction, that thing that we think we're still looking for, it's out there somewhere. And that's the story in this, in this moment in Luke 15. So off he goes. And maybe you see yourself in the story. Listen to how Jesus begins the story. Luke 15, down around verse 11, Jesus starts. He says, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Now, this is a rather selfish, impetuous demand from a younger son, not even the older son who would have the birthright and the, the heir, be the heir to most of the things the father had. This is the younger son. So you need to know this. In order to understand this story from the first century, you need to understand that in the ancient Eastern culture, Middle East, where, where this happens, where this story is being told, and actually even in that culture today, honor is a really, really big deal honor there's an honor society society that's built on honoring people and so the father possesses in a family the father possesses all of the honor so a son's job was to honor your father and mother and one of the ways that you did that is you took care of your parents in their old age and then after you had honored them by taking care of them in their old age then you inherited the family farm or the family business after their death and you tilled that ground that your father before you and his father before him and his father before him had tilled and worked so hard to pass on to you. But instead, this young son in this story, this is one of the greatest insults. This young son comes to the father and he says, I want mine now. I want mine now. What some authors have pointed out, which I think accurately, this is the equivalent of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Dad, I want no part of you. I wish you dropped dead so I could get mine now. Because if you were dead, I could get my inheritance. I wish you were dead. So he's basically saying, this young son in this story in Luke 15, basically saying, Dad, I don't care about you. Dad, I don't want you. 
I want my stuff. I don't want you. I don't want this old farm. I don't want these old ways. I don't even like these people. I don't like this way of life. I don't want anything to do with, with it. I don't want this routine. I wish you were dead so I could have what's coming to me now. Can you imagine one of your kids saying that to you? Amazingly, amazingly in this story, the father does it. He does it. And he gives this son what he asked for. Now, before we write this young boy off, which is our tendency, and just kind of bash him for being a brat and a jerk, before we get there, can we just stop for a minute and let's be honest? And let's admit that this, this kid is expressing out loud probably something all of us have felt. Life wasn't bringing him all he had hoped for. He couldn't get no satisfaction. He still hadn't found what he was looking for. There's got to be something more. I think that in this story, this son is expressing three universal longings that we all have. The first one is this. There's a longing for purpose. I think this son has that. Think back to when you were a kid. Maybe you're five or six years old. Some of you can remember back that far. What did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember that? You're, you're a kid. You're five, six years old. You knew then what you... Now, that's changed probably since then. I mean, I know it was for me. When I was five, I wanted to be a cowboy. I, I, I'm kind of allergic to horses. I don't think that would work for me. And then I wanted to be a baseball player. I'm fat and slow, so that's not going to work. All right, so what are you going to do? What did you want to be? A firefighter, an astronaut, a doctor, a lawyer? What did you want to be? A, a pirate? What did you want to be when you were five or six, year old, six years old? Now, let me ask you this question. Think about what you wanted to be when you were five. Let me ask you this question. Why in the world, when you were five years old, were you dreaming about having any kind of job? Did you have bills to pay? Did you have responsibilities you, were, you had to take care of? Why did you think you needed to have a profession when you were five or six years old? Why would you even think about what you wanted to be when you grew up? I'll tell you why. Because all of us have this God-implanted longing to feel like we are here for a purpose, that we're on this planet for a purpose, for a reason. And that longing was put inside of us to awaken us, to draw us back home to God. So the son in this story, in Luke 15, he chose to let these longings lead him in an unhealthy and a bad direction, which is often what we do. We take that longing, we allow it to lead us to a drift off to a far off distant country the longing for purpose is one of the long the loudest longings loudest voices inside of us and if we'll listen to it it can lead us to an awakening there's a second longing that we all have and that's a longing for love the desire to love and to be loved is the strongest desire i think that any of us have it was certainly the desire of this young kid in luke 15 look what happens down in verse 13 so a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. So this young kid, he goes off to Vegas or Hollywood or Amsterdam or some other exotic place, I don't know, like Bolivar, some, some, some place. He got as far away from home as he could. A distant land, that phrase, a distant land there, means some far-off exotic place where we imagine the grass is always greener, where we're going to have the good life. The phrase there, wild living, that's a Bible phrase that's kind of like a combination of like girls gone wild and spring break and New Year's Eve and Hollywood and the Vegas Strip all rolled into one. 
binge drinking and frat parties, all the sexual fantasy you can imagine, just drifting, 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 drifting. That's where this kid is. We learn from the older brother later in the story. The older brother tells us that he, that this younger brother of his wasted all of his money on prostitutes. Why? Because we all have that deep desire, that longing for connection. We're all looking for intimacy that can only be satisfied deeply by God. And so in this crazy turn of events in the story, you're familiar with the story, this kid drifts so far away from home. He runs so far away from what he knew that he eventually runs out of money. And famine hits the land he lives in. And this kid, this young kid, finds himself in such desperation, he does something that no good kosher Jewish boy would ever do, he goes to work on a pig farm and he's living with the pigs and he's shoveling their poop and he's broken and he's so hungry that he wants to eat what the pigs are eating he is at rock bottom and he's searching for this third longing the longing for meaning we long for purpose we long for love we long for meaning answers to the big why questions of life the, the big question, not, not the silly, quiet questions like, like God, why is you know, grandpa's hair gray and grandma's hair blue? Not those questions, right? Not why is abbreviated such a long word? Not those questions. But why God? Why, God, why, why did you allow this to happen? God, God why coronavirus? This, this weekend, we remember 20 years, why 9-11? Why this tragedy in my life, in my family? Why this death of my loved one? What's the point of life? Why am I in so much pain? Why do I feel so lonely? Why do I always feel like life is ripping me off? Why is all this happening? You see, we all long for meaning. Think about the boy in the story. His longing for purpose sure wasn't being fulfilled how he thought it was going to be. He, he thinks, is, is this all there is to it? His longing for love wasn't being met as he knocks on the doors of high-priced call girls. He was looking for love in all the wrong places. And it leads him to asking, why? Why is my life so screwed up? Why are things going so badly? How did I end up here? It's the hunger, the longing for meaning. I can't get no satisfaction. Let me tell you something. And I think some of you really need to hear this today. If suffering and pain are causing you to question God. E even the notion, even the, the glimmer of an idea that you have a sense of injustice about it, that, that this is not right, that this is not fair, that this shouldn't be this way, even that is an impulse implanted in your soul by God. That sense that there, that there shouldn't be pain, there, there shouldn't be hurt. There shouldn't be breakups and job loss and frustration and divorce and difficulty and cancer and death and terrorists and pandemics. All of those things. All those things are flashing red lights inside of you saying, this is not the way the world is supposed to be. And you know what? God agrees with you. God agrees with you. And these are flashing red lights that lead you, if you let them, if you'll pay attention, that will lead you back home to God, to a God that turns out to be a God of justice. And he is a God of fairness, 
a God of love, a God of protection, who doesn't just like sit up some distance away and laugh at us and go, <laughs> tough break for those suckers down there this time. <laughs> Too bad for them. No, no, we have a God who enters our world, into, enters into our suffering, into our pain, and he comes among us as Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. That's that word we use at Christmas time all the time, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The God who put skin on and became one of us, who himself suffers on a cross in pain, in real blood, so that he can put the world back together again. In your sense, this, this is not the way the world's supposed to be. Is exactly right. It's not. And God agrees with you. And it's just one more way that God's voice is trying to awaken you to come home to Him. I, I, I don't know all of your stories. I don't know part of, part of some of your stories. I don't know your stories, but I do know this, that all of our stories have some striking similarities. Because we all long for purpose. We are all longing for love. We're all longing for meaning. And the important thing for you to know today is that you, you can never find that, that purpose, that love, that meaning. You can never find that. You can never satisfy your longing in some metaphorical distant land. The only way those can be satisfied, the only, they, they are only satisfied when you allow those things to help you find your way back home to God. Let me pray for you. God, if, if you were there, and I believe you are, then this whole thing that we're doing today isn't a joke. It isn't just going through motions. It isn't just ritual. And you're real. I, I pray, God, that you would make yourself real very real to every single one of us in the days and the weeks ahead. Would you move among us? Would you meet us? Would you find us? Would you draw us close to you so that we don't have to search endlessly for meaning and purpose and love? God, after going through this, this last season of our lives together, this last 18 months or so, this season of pandemic and social and political division and God, we're, we're ready for something new. <laughs> we, we long for something new. So would you bring to us an awakening so that we can find our true home in you? God, we believe that that starts at the cross. So as we come now to our time of communion, as we prepare our hearts and our minds in this moment to meet you at the emblems of Jesus, at the body and the blood of Jesus broken and shed for us. As we meet you at the foot of the cross today, where we find forgiveness of our sins, we find your mercy and grace, we find your love welcoming us home to you because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We celebrate that in this time of communion. We celebrate who you are and what you've done in the name of Jesus. Amen.